Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Six Sour Studios. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Walters. Welcome back. Hour two. If Welcome back. If you're rejoining us, welcome to the show. If you're just joining us, if you're picking us up on podcast, welcome to the recorded version of the show that we put up for you every single day after the live radio show airs. Great to be with you. Mark Walters at the Six Hour Studios. All of it being brought to you by the great X Insurance. And you will soon be hearing, by the way, from Patriot Mobile. Yeah. Coincidentally, right? Patriot Mobile, new intros, everything coming up about a week from a little bit less than a week from now. We'll be unveiling all of that fine stuff. Make sure to check out all of our partners at armedamericanradio.com. This year marks our 15th year on the nation's airwaves. And David Codry has been participating with me on this show during that entire time. One of the original roundtable members. We love him to death. David Codria, welcome back in. We've got another hour. Let's continue the conversation. If you're just joining us, we were talking about Donald Trump. In the upcoming election, and I'm going to take it in a couple different directions. We'll get David's take on all of this because you will find it fascinating. He always is. His insight is unlike anybody else's. David, welcome back, my brother. Always great to be with you, Mark. It is always a pleasure. I I detect a cigar. <laughs> you heard that, huh? I did hear that. So you're partaking. Mine is a Padron. What what are we partaking in in uh, at, at uh, Codria Ranch? La Gloria Cubana Siri R Maduro. Oh, it's a nice, wonderful uh, cigar. Nice, Enjoy nice it. 60, 60 ring, and uh, yeah, it's going to last the whole two hours. Uh, I got the 5,000 here, Padron Maduro. Love them. They are fantastic. You and I have partaken in those together, and we've done it here at the ranch. David, let's, let's continue conversation about Donald Trump. If you're just joining the show, David was reminding us factually that Donald Trump a lot of missteps regarding the Second Amendment in the first term. David, remind us. Yeah, basically, we're talking bump stocks. We're talking uh, due process, take the guns first, due process later. We're talking about uh, saying he was amenable to discussing uh, banning uh, uh, rifles to uh, people that were under 21. Uh, and uh, so he had a... Uh, he had a guy that, that he proposed to be head of the ATF that would have been worse than Dettelbach. This guy was former president of the Fraternal Order of Police, uh, who was all for assault weapon bans, with quotes around that, of course, and, and all the other gun grabs that the Democrats are after. So uh, your, your, your rejoinder to that is that while he's learned a lot of lessons, and absolutely he's learned a lot of lessons, but I'm concerned with his announcement of his finalist for vice president that he named two right off the bat that I would not want to put a heartbeat away from the president, one being Tulsi Gabbard, a used-to-be Democrat who still has a record of 
wanting to grab your guns. And the other is a guy with a pretty good record generally, uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina. But the problem with him was that uh, rather than Kelly Shibaka, he endorsed Lisa Murkowski. And all yeah. we really have to know about her, I've been, I've been warning people against her for years, and nobody wants to listen to me because I'm not establishment Republican. But she was one of the uh, betrayers on the Biden bar- bipartisan gun bill. And that, to me, is all gun owners should need to know about her. And Scott has also made noises about uh, red flags and, and about Cornyn's mental health bill and things like that that, that to me, uh, tell me he, he really doesn't understand the Second Amendment. And, you know, while, while I understand it demographically, it might be, might be, you know, attractive to put him in, uh, you know, you have to be careful because what you're really doing is you're not picking a vice president. You're talking about an older man, okay, who's, who's you know, got his own, uh, I'm sure we, we all with age come up with health issues. We all with age come up with, uh, you know, mental health issues and things like that. He has been forgetting things lately. Uh, or, or misstating things lately, which alone, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean so much. It's nowhere near like Biden is. But the bottom line is you're putting the, the vice president a heartbeat away from the presidency. And I, I think what, what I got to go back, though, and reemphasize is that this is not bad-mouthing Trump to weaken Trump. This goes back to something we were talking about in the last hour, trust but verify. Okay, and we need to make sure that we have an ear of Trump that can guide him on this, because we all know that the the man is is inclined to just go with his gut and and shoot off in that direction before anybody can pull him back. And with the Second Amendment, it's just too important. We need to have a solid voice to his ear that's that's not going to guide him in the wrong direction or give him a green light to ban bump stocks or do anything like that, and people just need to be aware of this and convey their expectations. Yes, we're going to vote for you, Mr. Trump. However, don't take us for granted, which I'm afraid we're seeing people do. And if I could just put in one other thing about this Great American Outdoors show, uh, something like, I I don't have the final count, but something like 200,000 people attended. Of course, you're not armed when you go in to hear the president because you have to go through a Secret Service checkpoint. But the rest of the show, my understanding is that, you know, you you can be armed as long as it's lawful in Pennsylvania. And and the bottom line is you get 200,000 gun owners together untold numbers of them armed and guess what we didn't have a single shooting we didn't have a single argument we didn't have anything breaking out and yet uh you know what are you telling us it's the guns it's not the guns it's the people well, I find that shocking that nothing bad happened, David. I find that utterly shocking. Let's just let's go like, to just the just like every just like every NRA convention in history, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Guns bad, people with guns bad. Eventually, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, that's what they say, but it never happens. I'll go back to Trump for a minute, but fascinating conversation because uh, guys, I'm a realist and you know, you know some of us lost friends some of us lost family members right and listener you you may be one of them you likely are over trump but here's here's where my take was on this this is what you have this is the reality of the situation we're not going to get somebody that's perfect all the time i get that i understand politics are played 
I believe Trump has learned the inner machinations of Washington. He's learned a lesson, and I believe that will manifest itself in a second term. And I am very hopeful that it will manifest itself with regards to the Second Amendment. And I'm hopeful that the statements that he made are evidence of that. However, that honestly remains to be seen, David, right? That remains to be seen because I believe we're going to see a Trump term. I'll go into that why in just a moment, because I really want to get your take on my my theory there. But having said that, any of them are better than Biden. And I hate that they're there. Tulsi Gabbard is not good on Second Amendment issues, but she's going to be better than Biden. Scott eh, might be a little wishy-washy from time to time, but he's far better than Joe Biden. DeSantis, I think we all know where DeSantis stands on the Second Amendment. And honestly, I'd love to see that ticket, quite frankly. Don't know what kind of chance there is for that. I believe throwing Scott and Gabbard in there on the quote-unquote recent short list, David, is politics in and of itself. I don't think there's any way he puts Tulsi Gabbard on there. And I could be wrong. I, you know, <laughs> been wrong about lots of things. But I don't see that happening. I think that's for media right now. I think that's for media coverage. Um, we are not going to get everything that we want. And I guess I'll close out with this and get your final thoughts here. He will be far. And again, this is the reality of the situation. You're going to have Trump, Biden. If Biden's even on the ticket, I'm still not convinced he's going to be. But let's just assume that he is on the ticket or any Democrat, for that matter. Anybody we just named is far better than any Democrat. And that's the reality of the situation, David, on the ground, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. But here, here, here's the problem that you run into, Mark, that votes and elections are not turned just just you, you got to have fire in the belly. OK, if you don't have fire in the belly, you don't have people making campaign contributions. You don't have people working elections. You don't have people walking precincts. You don't have people working phone banks. You don't have people doing all the things that are necessary to make the difference in an election that is going to be narrowly decided. OK, because because all the media is against Trump and all the lawfare that's going on against Trump. And, and so the bottom line is that it's people are sick of saying gun owners particular. I'm sure you've seen it. Everybody listening has seen it, that they're tired of voting for the lesser of two evils, that Correct. the lesser of two evils is still evil is a saying. Then another group of gun owners, uh, ten vote. There is no voting our way out of this. And to these folks, it's like, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're ready for Civil War too, pal. But some of us have a lot to lose, and the system still works. We can still file lawsuits. We can still make our voices heard. We haven't been rounded up and put into camps. The guns have, you know, the confiscation gun orders have not, or orders have not gone out. We still have things going up before the Supreme Court. Okay, vote. Absolutely correct. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. David, I want to give you a theory here because I don't think it's going to be close. And make sometimes making political predictions is difficult and can be embarrassing. I don't think so in this case. We'll get your thoughts on that when we come back. Three more segments to go with David. Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Yes, it is. Freedom, passion, and precision. Welcome back to the ranch. X Insurance presenting all of this to you every single day. Six-hour studios lit up for you. Mark Walters filling your prescription 
for freedom today and every day. We are continuing the conversation with the great David Codria. David, back to the Trump thing for just a moment, because that's a conversation we could have for forever. Uh, there are three reasons, main reasons. There are many more. And I'll throw a fourth in for a caveat as to why I believe Joe Biden doesn't stand a chance. Number one, if you look at the a recent immigration poll, and when a poll says 26% of Americans think he's doing a crappy job on immigration, I say, no, that's not true. That's false. 26% of respondents to that poll, which were 1,420 people, thought he was doing an okay job. The rest thought he was doing a crappy job on immigration. I believe if you ask the rest of the country, it's probably going to be pretty close to that. Immigration right there, he loses an election on, period. Americans are sick and tired of seeing what's happening on the border. The vast majority of clear-thinking individuals, save for the partisans that are going to vote Democrat anyway, but they're not the ones that are going to decide an election. The independents in the middle are going to decide the election. The fact of the matter is you've got Americans, and there are Democrats involved too right now, particularly in America's bigger cities run by Democrats that are fed up with what's happening with immigration and illegal alien criminals invading not only the country, but their individual cities. He loses the election on that by itself. Number two, go grocery shopping after the show today, ladies and gentlemen. I was just talking during the break. I bought three thin-sliced ribeyes today that if you stacked them on top of each other would be the equivalent of one good fat Texas steak. 34 bucks. 34 bucks. You know what I'm talking about. So does the rest of the country. He loses the election on that one alone. And third, he's a feeble old man. And while they're telling you he's not, you see it with your own eyes. He stumbled up the short steps on Air Force, Air Force One just yesterday. He loses the election on that. You want to put crime in there on top of that? We can add more. David, he loses in a landslide to a tree stump that's running against him. I don't even know. And I can say the same thing on all three of those issues is likely why he might not be on the Democrat ticket. The Democrats know everything I just said is true as well. Behind the scenes, they won't admit it publicly. Trump wins this election in a landslide. Your thoughts on my theory there? A couple things. First of all, and you alluded to it, <coughs> excuse me, it might not be Biden, in which case a whole new dynamic enters into it. And, and, and believe me, Mark, your lips to God's ear. I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going, oh, please, let him be right. Let him be right. Okay? Um, on the other hand, I, I, I want gun owners to feel personally invested in this and not feel like this yes. is in the bag so I can relax. Yes. No, I want Thank everybody you. listening out there working for this and, and not taking anything for granted. Okay? I think the one issue that is going to be the, the big defining issue of this election is going to be abortion and i think that you have the way that the supreme court decision on roe v wade and relegating decisions back to the states has been portrayed uh... by the democrats and by the media is that trump appoints these radical right-wing you know christian fundamentalist white nationalists to the supreme court and look at what they're doing they're taking away our right to have an abortion and the right to choose and the right to you know to, to define what happens to our bodies and it couldn't be further from the truth but that is the meme that's out there, and there are enough women that have bought into it in both parties that they're willing to burn the house down and forget everything else because that's the issue that to them is their keystone issue, and they're not going to back down on it. I, I think that that's a real danger. And, of course, you know, uh, the, the, the third thing is 
election fraud. I mean, for, forget the fact that the media is all against Trump. Nobody, nobody listens to the media except MSNBC viewers, but it still has its impact. But I think that election fraud has been so thoroughly uh, uh, demonized by the media and by the Democrats and with the J6 prosecutions and with people mm-hmm. that we know that, that are in jail. You know, Stuart Rhodes is, you know, he, he, he may die behind the bars. And, and what, did, what did he actually do? He never entered the Capitol. Uh, there was no insurrection. Nobody had weapons going in. Uh, nobody tried to overthrow the government. Uh, and yet you have the FBI is still out there are you know arresting people based on uh, video that it turns out they hid from the public? Uh, but who gets this information? Only if you go to so-called conservative websites do you see an alternate version of the story. And so, with all these things happening, um, I think that it is going to be a close election. Uh, like I said, I think I think that the giant killer on this one is going to be abortion. Uh, and I pray to God that I am wrong and you are right. Well, you're correct. I, I want to throw this out. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want this to mean that you, because of what I said, that you are in any way, shape, or form to be complacent. Absolutely not. You've got to get off your duff now faster, harder than you've ever done before. Complacency, and David, you and I have talked about people being complacent for years and years and years on this program. It's what kills us. And I, I think you're right about abortion. But I just don't think it's going to be as big as maybe you feel it might be, and here's why. The Democrats and the media are certainly going to make that the case. But I don't I, I, those people's minds are already made up. I don't think anybody's going to be swayed differently. That's you know, I had a guy tell me one time when you talk about two particular issues on talk radio, there are two political hot buttons that draw the absolute ire and angst and hatred of the other side. And ladies and gentlemen, guns and abortion. And you know where you stand on your guns, but people can be swayed for their gun rights because of issues like crime that they're facing every single day. And, of course, you flip over to abortion, David, like you were just alluding to. I believe those people's minds are already made up. Now, if the Republicans are smart, and I'm not saying they are because they've made tons of mistakes over the years, they're going to try to counter that message. Will they be effective? I don't know. I just, I'm not convinced it's going to. The Democrats are going to try to make it the big issue. It certainly was in the midterms. But I'm not sure it's going to be this go around. Again, I could be wrong. It's pure speculation. And between now and November is a lifetime in politics. I think you'll agree with that. Well, I think, I think right now we ought, we ought to put a little bet. Let's $10. I think that the election is going to be either way within two points. Oh, I'll, okay. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay. No, I, I think Trump wins this well over. I'm going I'm to go, go out on a limb and say he wins with over 320 electoral votes. Ooh, that's a gutsy move well, this early. We, 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 will, we will come back afterwards, and uh, you know, we, we'll see which one owes the other one $10. How's that? If Americans were smart, it would be a Reagan-Mondale landslide. <laughs> However, in, in today's polarized society, I, I don't know that we're going to see that again. We certainly would like to. David, I don't think we see that again. Trump. I, I just I just thought of something though. Did did I just you know by, by gambling uh, break some kind of interstate telecommunications law, law with you? No. <laughs> no. We'll know in a few minutes if the live stream goes down. You know, if the exactly. NSA is we'll, we'll get that figured out. No, I. I I think Trump. I'll, let me take us to the break with this. I think Trump has learned some very valuable lessons with his first go around. 
I don't think you're going to say this, see the same people, maybe a couple. And then I think you're going to see new people in an administration. I think he learned his lesson on guns. I'm hopeful. But you bring up two great points when you talk about Scott. You talk about Tulsi Gabbard. Political? Yeah. Make it look like he's checking boxes? I don't know. We're all going to find out on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Or will we? We'll be right back. following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. We are now in the third segment of the second hour of the broadcast already. Time is whipping right by. I told you it would, but it always does when we're talking with the great David Codry. A six-hour studio is lit up for you today. X-Insurance presenting it all. Please visit all of our partners. You just heard the rejoin with Defender Coffee. We start our day. David starts his day with it. Neil does. Many others do as well. DefenderCoffee.com. And visit all of our partners, North American Arms, Sig Sauer, Car Firearms. And we've got some new ones out there, too. You can find them all at ArmedAmericanRadio.com. If you're watching, you see them. You see their logos and all popping up in the breaks during the breaks. David Codrio, welcome back. Real quick, before I move off of Trump, I want to go to some of your other work. Uh, over the last couple of weeks. Do you think there's any shot DeSantis based on the the primary? I think DeSantis has got broad enough shoulders that he understands the way politics is played. I, I have a, I, I get a sense that he has designs on 28, and I'm wondering if you think that uh, he might, might lobby for a vice presidential spot because his run with the governor will be over. He's termed, and it sure would set him upright for two more terms in 28, wouldn't it? It won't be the first time that supposed bitter enemies have made up. I mean, remember when Ted Cruz was lying Ted? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it won't be the first time. Unfortunately, there are still a lot of people in the Trump camp that are bitterly hateful towards DeSantis, you know, only because he opposed Trump. Okay, and Trump said a lot of things about him. Uh, Cruz was a bit more reserved in his responses, although he did strike back a couple times. Uh, you know, if if DeSantis is the running mate, then we have to just put whatever uh, differences we have. You know, and and I don't have the differences, but but I see a lot of them in the gun community. How DeSantis is establishment, how he's owned by Jeb Bush, how he's this, how he's that. He won't be it won't be any different. But yeah, I know you can add that, but but the sentiment is out there. Okay, yeah. you you can't deny that the sentiment is out there. So if that's the case, we have to work towards making certain that DeSantis can stand as a standalone candidate, and what he truly believes in and what he has accomplished is what's brought to the fore. Uh, sometimes gun owners can be our own worst enemies uh, through. Uh, oh, you know, haven't we proven know, that before? Yeah, uh, no question profile, about profiles it. and apathy, Mark. Profiles yeah. and apathy. You are spot on. It's been a subject that you and I have talked about many times. Over the years, let's go. I, I want to go to the ghoulish AI voices you wrote over the, about this over at Ammo Land. I, I talked about this on a couple broadcasts. I, this is one of the most sickening things I've ever seen in my life, and it's coming from none other than one very vocal anti-gun parent. And it's so sad to see parents of dead children exploit. I don't know any other word than that. 
the death of their own child to try to shame Congress when it comes to our Second Amendment rights. These are these are rights, ladies and gentlemen, our constitutional freedoms. But your headline is Gun Banners New Shot Line Resorts to Ghoulish AI Voices of the Dead to Haunt Lawmakers. Your take. Yeah, well, you know, the 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 folks behind this and, and, and again you're you're right, it is the father of a slain Parkland student. And and I've written about him a couple times because he is also uh and his name is Manuel Oliver. Okay, and he is also uh, a voice behind another effort to get the International Criminal Court to uh, go after gun makers here as if they have any authority in the United States. Uh, He is a Venezuelan immigrant who came here uh, escaping a Marxist gun control hellhole. Uh, and he apparently didn't come here to enjoy America's freedoms because he is trying to impose the Marxist, uh, you know, uh, gun-free hellhole on the rest of us. And while it's absolutely appropriate, you know, that, that you see a parent lost in a horrible way, and look, we're both parents. We cannot imagine no. the horror we would no. feel if we lost one of our children, particularly if it was over something as senseless as, you know, being murdered in a gun-free zone while law enforcement stood by and made sure they were the ones taken care of, right. okay? Uh, but but to think that somehow or other disarming the rest of your fellow countrymen is is the right solution to this, it just shows a, a, zealous, a zealotry and a fanaticism. Uh, and this guy, unfortunately, has plenty of high money backers behind him, as you can tell from from the organizations that they put together. And they've got this this system now uh, where they uh, basically, I guess, use AI voices to be able to call Congress people and send them a message, you know, d- defending uh, or, or calling for citizen disarmament. And it's wrong. I, I don't think that, you know, we're going to see much success with it. I, I think that what you're going to see is the media making hay with it and trying to make it look bigger than it is. And, and again, you know, any natural human being is going to feel sympathy for someone who has had that sort of loss and unfortunately that does not give them license to then turn around and go after our rights okay why do you why do you believe why do you believe they insert themselves in this arena and i I, i've said this many many times i'll say it again i hate it i hate having to respond to this to a parent as a parent myself i hate having to respond to this but when you put yourself in this public arena we respond we will do it's that simple and I hate yeah, it. I, I wish these people would just allow Americans of all political persuasions to mourn with them as Americans and as parents, because this was it didn't have to happen. It was preventable. Yet the attacks are on me. Guns and, and are an emotional issue, Mark. And, and yes. that's what they're going after. They're 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 not basing they're not basing their positions on anything rational because they can't prove that gun control works because we know that in fact it doesn't. We know that you could pass every law in the book and that the criminals don't get their guns by going to the gun store like you and I do and filling out a forty four seventy three and going through a next check. Uh, or I'm assuming, you know, you, you, you get yours that way. I won't talk about me. I don't have any guns. They're nasty, evil things always going around <laughs> killing people. <laughs> but, but, yes, uh, I do do my guns that way. And, you know, you bring something up that I, I have to. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. 
Washington Times has a great piece up, ladies and gentlemen, today about Kansas City and the failure of gun control and the fact that we have a couple minors there who were and not just the minors, but the adults that were already 100 percent gun controlled. There is no law, none that would have prevented any of these individuals from getting their hands on a firearm. In fact, the one gun that was found at the scene by one of those arrested was stolen. Uh, there is no background check that's going to prevent someone from stealing a gun. David, in the essence of time, I want to shift over to firearms news. Paramilitary ban, just another Democrat plot to secure monopoly of violence. I love your phrase, monopoly of violence. I think you're the only one that I hear use it. I wish others would use it as well. But paramilitary, what does that mean? Yeah, they, they, they basically don't want uh, citizens to go out and be able to train in unison together. You know, they, they, they have basically taken the militia of the Second Amendment and ignored it. Uh, they, they've tried to foist a substitute, which is financed completely different. The National Guard is not the militia of the Second Amendment and, in fact, can be used as a standing army. But, but the bottom line is that uh, because that has been, uh, you know, totally ignored, deliberate indifference, the, the militia of, of the several states has been ignored, and because many states have laws against paramilitary gatherings and things like that, a lot of this, though, has not gone through the Bruin test to see what was understood oh, at the time of the right. framing in terms of text and understanding and tradition. And you can go back to Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys, okay, uh, who, who actually you know, engaged in some action, I guess, uh, against Massachusetts when there was a disputed area in New Hampshire uh, that ultimately, I guess, ended up turning into Vermont. He, he helped uh, Benedict Arnold attack Quebec, I guess. But the bottom line is that this could affect all kinds of things. This, this could affect an apple seed. This could affect a, a, a church group came out and said, you know, we have our groups that train together to stop church shootings. This could but, stop it, us. But, but the danger here is, as we've seen with the ATF, is this redefinition, this hijacking of the language, ladies and gentlemen. Sure. Let the left redefine what they want paramilitary to be. And, well, lo and behold, you go to a professional shooting school, and now you're paramilitary training. You're a criminal. They'll lock you up. We'll be right back. One more segment. This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Boy, when I told you it was going to fly by, <laughs> I wasn't wrong. David Cody, welcome back. Final segment, Six Hour Studios, X-Insurance presenting every single minute of it. All of our great partners make it all possible. And David, I want to thank you for being here for two hours today. It's been a lot of fun. I know it doesn't seem like two hours. We cover a lot of ground, and because you and I know each other so well, we're able to kind of go off in different directions together on the program, and we do that from time to time. And uh, we kind of never really get to everything we want to talk about, but I think we've, we've hit the most. I'm going to turn it over to you now. I want to continue the conversation about the paramilitary deal, but then you've got a couple other columns. I want you to hit what you want listeners to know about as we wrap up this show, because that's why you're here. What's important to you is what I want you to get to. Let's wrap up the paramilitary deal. I closed out the last segment with the redefinition of the language, the hijacking of the language. And you and I have discussed this many, many times over the years. 
and it's very dangerous. You know, the very simple explanation or, or examples, ladies and gentlemen, are this gun safety nonsense or gun reform. They, you don't even know what that means. They don't even know what it means. They just regurgitate it. They're just all buzzwords, code words for gun control. It's just a small example. But, David, what you, what you and I shared the very big concern during bump stock era, and we said this is not about the bump stock. This is about the redefinition of something that's going to it's never going to stop if we let this happen. And lo and behold, yeah. we were proven right. So go ahead. Yeah. Paramilitary. Yeah. Redefinition. I mean, you, you could you could redefine a semi-automatic weapon right. as a military style. OK, but the, 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 the takeaway, I think, from the paramilitary goes to another issue. And that is, I think, a disservice that some what they call gunfluencers uh, do when they present the story is this is huge. I go to a website. Yeah, I get notices on all these all these bills that are coming through, like we got to drop everything and pick up and, and take on after it and chase after it. When, in fact, this one, if you go to a website called GovTrack.us, you can see the bills. And this one, both in the Senate with Ed Markey and in the House with Jamie Raskin, uh, has a 1% chance of passing. That's the prognosis. But I say now, because you know what? We have to win this election in November, people. Okay, because if the Democrats do have a sweep, guess what? This will be coming. And, uh, and that's, that, that pretty much wraps that one up. I have two others I want to real quickly get into. Uh, they're both on ammo land now. This, this one is Minnesota assault weapons ban includes fixed magazine 22s holding more than 10 rounds. You heard that correctly. I, I had to read it a couple times to make sure I was reading it. If you have a, a Marlin 22 that has like a 14-round capacity, Minnesota wants to define it as an assault weapon. And furthermore, they, they improve, with quotes around it, on the federal assault weapon ban, the one that Sunset, uh, that they're trying to refix, that, that used to uh, consider an assault weapon if it had a detachable magazine and two or more of the following cosmetic and functional attachments. You can talk about a shoulder thing that goes up. You can talk about a pistol grip, which Barrel why shroud. anybody would want to make a you know rifle. You know, pistol grips to stabilize. Why would anybody want to make your fire less accurate and call it gun safety? Okay, uh, this is what they're going after right now in Minnesota. Okay, your Marlin 22. Okay, uh, so all you fuds that want to throw us evil black rifle owners under the bus. Uh, you know, your turn will be next in the barrel. Okay, they will come for you. They'll use you now, but they'll come get you when they can, when they no longer need you. Useful idiots become useless eaters. The last one I wanted to talk about, uh, another story that came out, potential charges over child's toy gun in school Zoom class. It was a snow day. This kid was at home taking his class on Zoom. He had one of these Orbeez gel blasters that he wanted to move over for, and it got got seen on camera and the teacher says he said look what i have and rather than than say you know what this isn't appropriate in class right now you're distracting whether it's an orbeez gun or whether it's anything you're interrupting the class right now knock it off kid and that should be end of story no instead what they did was a school resource officer went over to his house a cop went over to his house confiscated <laughs> it uh the kid's been suspended from school they're talking uh. about potential charges and on top of that they named him whereas they didn't name the minnesota guys because mm. they were 17 and they named kyle rittenhouse didn't they so that's basically the, the last story i had david let's go to let's go to kyle rittenhouse for just a second there's a lot of great memes out there online right now because they didn't name and 
I guess the evil aspect of this is what jumps out to me. Mainstream media doing whatever it is mainstream media wants to do to demonize you as a law-abiding, constitution-loving, patriotic American. Because you have a gun, they demonize you. Kyle Rittenhouse was 17 years old. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't 17 a minor? That's why they won't name the, the, the guys in the Minnesota shooting. In the Kansas then why did sorry, they name the Kyle Rittenhouse? City. I'm sorry? Why did they name Kyle Rittenhouse? Oh, because, because they want to demonize any minor who has anything that's positive to do with firearms. That's why, because because they have to convince all minors that guns are bad. And when you get old enough to vote, we want you to vote our way. It's, it's why Nancy Pelosi and others are talking about lowering the voting age to 16, because they got these kids brainwashed where they want them. And you got a kid face paint. I believe was it was at a Kansas City Chiefs game, if I'm not mistaken. I don't follow the NFL anymore. Yeah. They named him. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, and, almost and destroyed his young life and his family's life. He was basically doxxed because he wore face paint they didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. But they and don't I, name the two more. that are yeah. responsible for 22 wounded at a can. Uh, okay, David, you got, yeah, you've got another minute. Take it away. Okay, real, real quick, this one's not out yet. It will be out on Ammo Land, and, and uh, this uh, assemblyman in California wants to require you to report your guns, how many and how they're stored, to your insurance company uh, if, if you have any, and they in turn have to report it to the state. And the thing I found interesting about that, and my piece will be out on Ammo Land soon, is that if you take a look at this guy's uh, uh, constituency, he represents Compton, he represents Watts, he represents Carson, he represents, you know, all these areas. And, and, I, and I listed dozens and dozens of gangs that are, that are having open warfare for decades in his district, and he thinks that somehow or other, if you can afford homeowner's insurance, you're the problem and you have to be the one to report yourself to the state. Does he expect the gangbangers to do that? They they won't they won't have to because Haynes versus U.S. You know that that if you know you're a prohibited person, you can't be forced to self-report because that's a violation of your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> David, what is it you always refer to? What we live in now? It's what day? <laughs> oh yes, with 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 progressives, every day is opposite day. You can't make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot make it up. It, it is almost, I mean, it's laughable, okay, but these people are serious. I go back to the movie Hamburger. We've been up and down that hill five times, and they still don't think we're serious. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey, hey I, got, I got a tri-tip, but I got to go and, and light my uh, Venturi tubes, Mark. So are we wrapping this up? <laughs> yeah, we're about ready to. David's ready to go. We're going to hear that music in just a second. But I will tell you this. Since you're going to do the tri-tip, I have one also with a really nice fat cap on it. I put it in the freezer because I didn't get to it a couple weeks ago. Oh, there's the music. But I'm going to those three ribeyes tonight. And I'm not going to use the Venturi tube because I don't even know where that goes because I don't know how to start a gas grill. I don't even own one. However, I will tell you that the charcoal and wood from Cutting Edge Firewood will be lit here in about 10 minutes. 
And by, oh, I don't know, say maybe 6.30, I'm going to actually take some downtime and actually relax, David, and watch the wood burn and smell it and then add some more to it, throw those steaks on. About 7 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be all over it. David Cordia, we love you, man. Thank you so much for being here today. You are a fan favorite for a reason. 15 years, David's been on the air with me. April 26th marks our 15th anniversary, and he has been here for every single bit of it. We love you, brother. David Codria, WarOnGuns.com. Hey, guess what? We're going to get up and do this again tomorrow because they don't want us to. So until then, carry on, carry off, and carry absolutely everywhere. Never, ever, ever leave your cave without your club. No self-respecting caveman would have ever been caught outside his cave without his club. See you on the radio. You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 